You're listening to Before the Bell podcast, hosted by That Guy Cass and Say No More. Before the Bell, episode 9. Andy Ruiz Jr. shocks the world against Anthony Joshua. Um, Courtney, welcome back. Welcome back, guys. All right, and then, um, yeah, so obviously we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about um, UFC Fight Night Sweden, Gustafsson against Anthony Smith. And then, um, talk about next week as well, UFC 238 is, is uh, happening next week. There is a title fight on that card, but I'm more interested in Tony Ferguson against Donald Cerrone on th- that card. So yeah, we'll talk about all of that. But, of course, the big event, Courtney. Um, I'm still in, 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 in like a little bit of a shock from um, what, what happened on the weekend or last night. Um, Joshua having his first defeat in America. So yeah, what's your general thoughts on this one? I'm not shocked in the slightest. Um, I, I, I did admit, I did predict last week that Joshua would probably win and have my reasons. And we can go into that. We'll, we'll break down the fight, uh, which should be fun. Um, but yeah, like I said before, I, I thought Joshua would, would win. But if Andrew Ruiz wins, it's not going to surprise me. Andrew Ruiz is a very good fighter. He has very fast hands. And he's no bum, but people that don't know about boxing may not know him. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why everyone doubted him. But it didn't surprise me at all. Um, I knew he could do what he did. So. Yeah, it's, it is it is definitely a shock. Um, if you look at the post-fight interviews, the, the body language of um, both the fighter and his promoter, Eddie Hearn, um, yeah, this has kind of derailed the hype train in a major way. So... Yeah, obviously this was a um, seventh round uh, stoppage. And yeah, even the finish to this fight is controversial. Because people are saying that Anthony Joshua quit, but he's saying that it was a referee that stopped it. We can get to all of that. So let's um, go through this one round by round. Um, so yeah, in round one, um, you could see straight away that Ruiz was going to be a, um, a counter puncher for this fight and that's probably the biggest thing that I learned from this fight that Andy Ruiz is a, is a very good counter puncher. Yes, um, I think I probably mentioned it in the last week's episode. Um, he's very good. Um, he's a very good counter puncher and he slips very well and he has to get on the inside. And I said the major thing was that he's gonna, he's gonna, Joshua's gonna make him work to get on the inside. And he's going to make him work so much to get on the inside that he's going to get tired and then Joshua will knock him out late. That happened, but Joshua did not make him work to get on the inside. He allowed Ruiz to get on his inside so easily. He didn't even pump out his jab. Like no, that's he true. He pumped the jab out more as like a, to negate Ruiz coming in, but he didn't, I just, he didn't, his game plan for me was all wrong. Um, but I gave Joshua the first round. He boxed decent enough to take the first round. Um, I thought it was a slow start by Joshua, but yeah, I think you're probably right. He probably took around just by being a bit more technical. Precisely. Um, um, Ruiz was feeling it out. He wanted to try and get, get his timing because he he's not silly. Like I said, he knew he needed to get in close to, to uh, Joshua. To be fair, sometimes he was counterpunching from a slight distance, but that's only because he's a good counterpuncher, right? Most of the time, he'd probably he'd get a counterpunch. As soon as he lands a counterpunch, then he just goes in. And then he's, he fights in close. Um, yeah. So, okay, let's... Um, what, what about round two then? I thought that Ruiz got a bit more aggressive in this round. Um, started to step in, started to really believe in his punches and, um, you know, trying to catch Joshua off guard. But I still thought that Joshua um, played it well, moved well and caught him with a few, you know, good combinations. What about you? I gave the second round to Ruiz. Um, similar to the first round, uh, Joshua just was just was just a bit better, you know. Um, wasn't much between them in the second round, the same, but in reverse. So uh, Ruiz was just a bit better. Um, you could see that from the first round, uh, he kind of gauged how he would, you know, come in to Joshua's. Uh, well, how can I say, cut the distance. He gauged that, and he tried to just throw a few more shots just to see. Okay, I think these will work now, so let me try. In the first round, Ruiz was like. Okay, I just need to know what distance I need. I don't care to throw too much. Let me find a distance. He found a distance. In the second round, he's like, okay, I've got my distance now. Let me see if these shots work. And, and that worked out for him. He, he just, you know, took the round minorly. Um, 
But yeah, there wasn't much difference between the first round and the second round. Just slightly better for a reason, for a reason the second and slightly better for Joshua in the first, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. But then obviously, in round three, um, I thought Joshua finally looked alive. Um, you know, he stepped in with a good combination. He wasn't afraid to, you know, do a bit of dirty boxing with uh, Andy Ruiz. And um, yeah, he put him down. And I'll be honest, I thought that was going to be it, you know? I thought, right, this is what's meant to happen. Anthony Joshua is the favourite. He's just knocked down the challenger. And now he's going to stalk him down and finish him. So can you tell me why didn't that happen? Okay. Um, he was, Joshua, he was going, uh, I saw it, he went, I think it was like a, a hook combination. He went in with the jab, did a right hook, and then kind of like saw Ruiz trying to counter, kind of just moved back a bit and threw his left hook. Um, Ruiz wasn't hurt, that's the thing, in my opinion. Uh, you see, when he went down, he was on his bum, he looked up and he was just smiling, like, okay, Joshua, I see you, I see what you got for me. Um, he wasn't hurt at all, like, the punches that put you down or that hurt you are the ones you don't see that coming, right? Uh, didn't really see the shot coming, so it put him down, but it didn't hurt him. He was still fresh, he was still ready. So yeah. he got up, and from, from what I saw, he's like, okay, cool, let's let's do it then. If you want to step in, I'm going to step in with you, which is kind of a, um, against Joshua. When he was doing it, I was like, Ruiz, what are you doing? Like, step back, you know, just gauge your distance again, you know, don't do this. But to his avail... He must have had some kind of belief in himself. Yeah, he, he put him down. Um, and the thing is, the difference between those two shots, when he put him down, that shot hurt Joshua. It was Joshua waiting until eight and a half until he got up. Yeah. So that's the difference. I don't know why or how, but... Ruiz is obviously tough. But Joshua's shot put him down because it was good timing. Um, and he never seen it, saw it coming. Andy Ruiz's shot put him down. It was, he was just like this. Joshua even saw the shot coming, in my opinion. Andy Ruiz's shot put Joshua down because it hurt him and he didn't recover. He didn't yeah. recover from that shot. Okay, but that's, you know, that's one knockdown. And we've seen Anthony Joshua get knocked down and still make a comeback. So even though it was shocking to see that, I still had belief that he'd come back and, you know, get his act together and do it. But you could tell that as soon as he got back up, it just from that moment it exactly. just didn't look right some shots didn't look right some shots do that some shots are just you know whether it's power whether it's the power that hurts you or whether it's the timing that hurts you some shots just hurt you I think also where you get hit sometimes yeah. the, the position of, you know, on the head that you get hit mm -hmm. it just it just does something to your brain that just you know your legs just don't recover and, and the thing is time. he didn't so when Ruiz when he put Ruiz down it was a a good technical hook hit him on the jaw Right on the, on the jaw, put him down. That's where you really want your hooks to hit. Ruiz's hook hit him on the top of the head. And then that, that can mess up your equilibrium. If you get hit in the temple or like on the side towards the top front of your head, that can mess you up. Um, kind of shake your brain a bit. The jaw, if someone, you punch someone in the jaw, yeah, you can break their jaw. But that just hurts. And if it hurts a lot, you're not going to get up, right? But with those equilibrium or temple shots, you can get up, but you're kind of shaking. And yeah. it was right on top of the head, so I, he just didn't get his legs back. Alright, so at this point it's round three and, you know, each fighter has knocked down his opponent uh, once. But then Ruiz goes and knocks him down again. And at this point, I'm starting to think, what the hell is going on? This is Anthony Joshua. This is the guy that's the poster boy for British mm -hmm. boxing. And and he's getting, not, he's being knocked down twice now by, by dad bod. Uh, don't be, don't be, uh, this is the thing. Um, and I've seen it a lot. I've seen it in wrestling, I've seen it in boxing, I've seen it in MMA. Daniel Cormier is a good example. Obviously Ruiz is, is our example today. Um, even in, um, in WWE, um, Kevin Owens is a very good example. That man is fit. Yeah, he's got a big belly, but he is fit. You can be big and be very fit. He's fat. From my what, kind of Ruiz? untrained eye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is fat. He's fat. But that doesn't, just because you're fat doesn't mean you can't have good cardiovascular. And it, means, it, it doesn't mean that you can't punch either. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you've got a good lungs and good cardiovascular, you know, and you're training right, you can carry that weight. Um, yeah, being being tubby does not necessarily mean you're going to blow. I thought he would blow because of what Joshua had to do to win the fight. But Joshua didn't, like I said, he did not. Um, make Ruiz work to get on the inside. He allowed him on the inside way too easily. So, 
for me, that's that's the reason why he lost, in my opinion. So let's talk about that round three then. What do you make um, of, of, of that round as as um, you know a round in boxing history? Do you think? For me, it's one of the most exciting rounds that I've seen. Uh, just just judging by you know the upset, the shock, mm-hmm. and the the fact that there was three knockdowns. Um, what about you? How how'd you, know, how'd you make it? It was pretty exciting. I mean, it probably wasn't uh, my most exciting round that I've seen. Uh, I wouldn't even probably play in my top five to be honest. I've seen there's been a few Carl Frotch rounds uh, that are epic. Um, there's many other rounds. Um, I can't record them right now, but yeah, off the top of my head, it was a good, it's a good round. I mean, yeah. Joshua made, Ruiz done well, he done well, but Joshua did make mistakes. And I'm, I take my half to Ruiz, I'm not saying Ruiz won because of Joshua's mistakes, definitely not saying that. Um, but it could have been different if Joshua had, Joshua had a better game plan. And maybe he did underestimate Ruiz. Yeah, well, for sure. Even just getting too excited when he got the knockdown. Yeah. Do you, do you think he got sloppy and just thought, right, I can step forward yes, and finish this now? He got he got sloppy. He didn't. He didn't. He went straight back up to him and started throwing hooks again. He didn't even step into a jab first. You know. He just started throwing hooks again. And as they say, because Joshua has got decent hooks, but everyone knows his money punches is straight right right hand down the middle. That's his money punch, right? Not his hooks. Um, Everyone knows Dillian White's left hook is his money punch. Um, and they always say, never hook with a hooker. I mean, Ruiz is a freaking hooker. He's very, very good at left and right hook. And he started hooking with Ruiz. And there we go. And there you go. So, yeah, rounds four. I mean, yeah, after that, Joshua was saved by the bell a little bit because he was still very wobbly. Mm-hmm. But that was the end of the round. And then round four, round five. I gave I gave round four um, a draw. I gave, I gave it even. I couldn't give the round to Ruiz. And I couldn't give it to Joshua. Um, yeah. Ruiz, is, he was smart. He, he knew that he hurt him. And I think in the first maybe 30 seconds of round four, I think he came out a little bit fast. But then he realized, you know what? He is the bigger man. I don't want to get too sloppy. Let's try, let's start breaking him down again. So he just took his foot off the gas in that round a little bit. And Joshua didn't do much because he was still recovering. Yeah. So for me, round four was just a stalemate. The drawn round. Yeah. And then five... Um... I gave it to Joshua. Really? Yeah, I thought Joshua won that. I thought he started to box a bit better. Yeah, I gave it to Joshua. Yeah, for me, I had that even. And um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I was obviously realising that Ruiz was ahead. And um, Joshua really had to do something drastic to get the fight back under his control. And then, yeah, again, round six, Joshua didn't do much at all. He started to look very, very tired. Yeah, he did. Um, I thought he was... I did. I was. It caught me as a bit of a surprise because... Um, um, he don't start to do better around round five for me, you know. wasn't the best, but he did win the round five, and he didn't look tired in round five. And then he comes out in round six, and he looks a contrast of himself that he looked in round five, crazy tired. Yeah. So um, yeah, he looked tired. Um, I think Ruiz could tell. Um, I don't know if it was Ruiz gay plan. Okay, it's round six now. Let me put it on him, or I can see he's tired. I'm gonna put it on him. But um, I think it, Ruiz saw he was tired, and he had a good round. Came with some good shots. Um, he worked, he counted him a few times, like he counted over his jab, but like I said already, in this whole fight, Joshua had a lazy jab, and everyone knows Joshua actually does have a decent jab, if you watch the Parker fight, good jab man, strong powerful jab in the Parker fight. Um, yeah, so okay, and then round seven. <sighs> That's all she wrote. Andy Ruiz, the first Mexican heavyweight champion, um, so, so, so he knocks down Joshua twice, mm-hmm. and Joshua... You know, he's taking his time getting back up. And then when he gets back up the second time, what what happens there? What what went on? I had this discussion before we, I came here to do the podcast today. And in my eyes, he quit. And this is why I say he quit. Because everyone, if you're a boxer, especially Jack Smith, Joshua, anyone, Deontay Wilder, if you're a bo- boxer, you know the rules. So the rules is, you get up, referee will look at you. And he, and he will say, are you okay? You say yes. Joshua said, I'm okay. Okay, now you said you're okay. Okay, walk to me and pick your hands up. That You don't need to say to them, oh, some, re- some referees do say walk to me. Some referees will just say, are you okay? Then they'll wait for you to walk to them and pick their hands up. So Joshua said, yes, I'm fine. But he stayed in the corner and, pick, and left his, he had hands his hands on the on ropes. ropes yeah. yeah, and that is signaling to the referee, you don't want to fight no more. Yeah, you told me you're okay, but you already know you have to walk to me and pick your hands up. So 
Joshua said he's okay. Referee looked at him for a few seconds, looked at Ruiz, then looked back at Joshua, looked at him, and Joshua was still standing in the corner with his arms, and then he looked at him and waved off. Correct. And Joshua, he's not going to say no, because then it'll be in the papers. Everyone will know Joshua said no. He yeah. said, yes, I'm fine. But he stayed in that corner and he didn't walk to the ref and put his hands up because he didn't want no more. He was done. That's amazing. I mean, he was done. Did not want the smoke. For a man with four belts, world champion, um, with you know twenty-two victories, undefeated up to this point, for 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 him to quit like that—that's um, that's huge. And yeah, a few people are not happy about that, especially Deontay Wilder, but. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get to that. So, okay, so yeah, that was it. Round seven, fight was over. And um, yeah, realising that Andy Ruiz has just beaten, you know, Anthony Joshua. It's, um, yeah, quite, quite a shock there. So let's do some ratings quickly. Before we go to the post-fight and what happened after, after the fight and the opinions of various people, because a lot of people have got opinions on this fight. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have. Yeah, let, let's, um, I want to hear your scores for... The dad bod and Ruiz, he done really well, man. I, I gotta give him a nine. I got, I, I, I mean, give him anything less than a nine, I feel is a, is, is blasphemy. <laughs> first, yeah, I think that's fair. So I think he gets a nine, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, I dread to think what you want to give Joshua then. I mean, it's, it's I don't know, man. I feel I bl- I don't even want to. I want to blame him, but I. Rob McCracken is coach is a stellar coach, man. He's coached uh, the GB team for maybe more than 15 years. Uh, he's coached Carl Frutch to numerous world titles. I don't know what he was doing. I, I don't know, but um, he didn't, you know, any smart boxer knows that in that fight, especially if you know that how Reese fights, and Reese is a good fighter, man, so underrated. Um, and Joshua, I've been saying for the past, three or four years is very overrated he's flat footed I've said it numerous times in the podcast he goes back in straight lines he's got good upper body movement but he has hardly any head movement so it didn't surprise me that he lost but I just thought he would do it um, but I'm going to have to give him a five I'll give him a five Joshua yeah, I mean the game plan yeah. was, was poor I mean he had some good things in spurts and good spots but to have that game plan on that scale of a fight on your debut of America I mean, I have to give him a five. Yeah, I mean, it could have it could have all been so different if you just stuck behind the jab after you knocked down Ruiz in that third round. If you just stayed a little bit more patient rather than rushing in, it could have all been so different. It really could have been. Um, and then, yeah, for me, the fight overall is um, yeah, it's a nine out of ten fight. I think, you know, considering what just happened, the upset, the fact that you know, pretty much a no-name guy for an you know for a, someone that doesn't know that much about boxing, Andrew Ruiz didn't exist on my radar at all. And for him to come along and to take four belts from the poster boy of boxing, um, yeah, it's a huge event and a great fight. What about you? What would you rate this fight? I agree with you. Um, I'll go for a nine, nine as well, you know. Yeah, okay, cool then. So let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about the post fight then. Um, so yeah, you sent me a clip about Deontay Wilder in an interview um, straight after the fight. And obviously, He's been saying all along, similar to you, really. Yeah. He's been saying that uh, Joshua has been gifted um, his titles, and he's not clearly not a fan of Joshua. And um, yeah, he's not happy that he, he thinks um, Joshua quit. So, yeah, do you think he's right? Do you think he's right to be angry? Um, I can see why he's angry. Um, about because he keep, the, the main thing in the interview. Um, and I'm going to give a little plug to 7-8 Sports TV because um, I follow 7-8 Sports TV on YouTube and he's a pretty good YouTube uh, boxing journalist and he he phone calls a lot of these boxers. Like, he's got their personal numbers. He phones Deontay Wilder. He phones Gary Russell Jr. phones them and just puts it on YouTube. So, shout out to 7-8 Sports. Um, I can understand why Deontay Wilder is angry because if he fights Joshua now, that, like, it's not even the, the hype. It's... People now know that Joshua can quit. So, yeah, you beat Joshua. But it's not only that he's lost and he hasn't got the hype no more. You're beating a quitter, per se, right? Yeah. Because anyone in boxing knows. I think even some of the Sky Sports pundits said it. Like, you don't do that. I think Tony Berry might have said it. You don't do that. You don't. You keep going. So, I can understand why he's angry. 
Um, but I reckon he's just doing it more for the hype, you know, just doing it more. He for sounded the pretty hype. genuine. He was yeah. he was pretty much shouting at the top of his lungs. Yeah, yeah. But that's he that always he's always you know he always does that. You know. Yeah, and then now for Andy Ruiz, he, he's now the most wanted man in boxing, I'd say. I mean, people are going to look at that and say, I can take this guy, you know. Yeah, he showed he showed good skills and good heart to come back, but I don't think Wilder or Fury is going to be worried. And they're probably thinking, wow, is this what I have to do to get, the, get, get four belts? Yeah. I'm down. They're not going to be worried. I mean, I've said it all along. Wilder will never beat Fury, in my opinion. Uh, Fury beats them all Every heavyweight Then after that Wilder beats them all Maybe Wilder and Fury Might have a trilogy or something Maybe But I've always said None of these heavyweights Can beat neither of them two So I mean Fury would just box Box um, Ruiz's ears off uh, Joshua Sorry Not Joshua Wilder I'll knock him out in five I mean it'll be a good fight I, yeah. I, I could see Ruiz Actually putting Um Wilder down to the body. But the reason is a smart fight. If you look at all his fights, not just his Parker fights, there's a few other fights. He really does tailor his, tailor his game plans to the fight. So I could really see Ruiz putting Wilder down for the body. Um, yeah, I just think that, um, you know, these type of fighters, I just feel like this is going to be the pivotal moment in their life. And, and this is the pinnacle for him. And after this, he's going to just want to just celebrate lived a good life he's made a ton of money Andy Ruiz um, you know before this fight he was fighting in Save Mart Arena in Fresno and StubHub Centre in Carson like what are these places no? StubHub Centre in Carson isn't a bad venue and it's held a lot of boxing still, events I know what you mean I know still what you mean. I mean he's come along to Madison Square Garden and he's beaten the world champion and taken four belts this is a huge event in his life and, and you know he admits himself post-fight that this event will change his life so whether he has the desire to come back I mean he's only 29 I think to come back and defend this belt we'll see I think I think he, I think he'll do it he's a Mexican man it, there's a rematch clause in the contract it's only if Joshua wants to take it um, but if Joshua wants to take the rematch Andrew Reese has to fight him next and it and it in the contract it's going it has to be in the UK so Andy Ruiz will come and defend his titles in the UK imagine if he knocks out or beats Joshua again in the UK that's just going to be ridiculous um, I see him doing it because yeah he got a shit ton of money right now but imagine how much money not only will he get from the rematch but after that rematch endorsements he'll be like the heavyweight version of Canelo exactly yeah? so Mexicans love boxing exactly. and they've just got a champion exactly so I don't see him he's not dumb he knows what is going to be in the horizon if he goes to London and knocks Joshua out or beats Joshua very well he knows so I, maybe after beating Joshua a second time he might lose the hunger but there's no way that he, he's a he, when, they, when he fights Joshua in the UK for, on a rematch watch how his body shape is different I guarantee it Watch how it's not going to be heavily, heavily different, but there's going to be enough difference for you to be like, damn, he put in the work. Yeah, yeah. He's, no one would let that 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 opportunity slide. No way. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, unless you got anything else to, to add. To yeah, this. I just want to talk about some uh, some 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 goings on and some conversation after this fight. So, uh, Brendan Swab, um, he's an ex UFC fighter, a comedian, and a well-known voice in a uh, fine sports. He said, the three monsters of the heavyweight division decided to bullshit and finally it caught up with one of them. So he tweeted that like almost straight out of the fight. Deontay Wilder, uh, we touched on this already. He tweeted, he was never a true champion. His whole career was con consisted of lies, contradictions and gifts. Um, facts, and now we know he was running from who? Hashtag till this day. Till this day. <laughs> um, and Tyson Fury wrote, which is a bit surprising for myself. We have our back and forth, but Anthony Joshua changes stars through life. Uh, heavyweight boxing. These things happen, rest up, recover, regroup, and come again. Um, so I just, yeah, it's just interesting, you know, most yeah. of the heavyweights are, well, the main two other guys are talking about it, you know, it's, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, it's a huge event, it's a huge event. But yeah, that's um, 24 minutes in, <laughs> talking about this one fight, so. We can wrap it up there and come back in part two to talk about um, 
what happened on the undercard and also talk about UFC Fight Night Sweden. So yeah, back after this. If you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to our channel. Okay, Before the Bell, episode 9, part 2. So after that epic first part with boxing, let's jump into some MMA now with um, UFC Fight Night Sweden. Headlining was um, the homeboy, um, Gustafsson, against Anthony Smith. So, yeah, last week you called this one for Anthony Smith and I called it for Gustafsson. Yes. So it looks like you were right on this one. I was more than right. I was uh, extremely correct. Um, if you guys if you guys want to, you know, go back to episode 8 and listen to my prediction, you can. But I said that, I think I said something along the lines that Anthony Smith's going to drill a hole through um, Gustafsson's face. And I see him winning by a fourth round submission or possibly a third round KO. And Anthony Smith uh, won by rear, rear naked choke uh, in the fourth round. So quite quite pleased with my uh, my prediction. Yeah, feeling very sorry for Alexander Gustafsson. Um, first of all, I think he pretty much retired after this fight. He said, I don't have it in me anymore. Um, it's the second time of late that he's fought in his hometown of Sweden and They've both been defeats and quite bad defeats as well. Um, I really thought that he's only 32 years old, which is prime time, I think, for an, an MMA fighter. I really thought he'd have it in him to really do something in this fight, but he, he showed nothing. I mean, this fight ended after four rounds, and um, in all those four rounds, I didn't see much from Gustafsson. So, yeah, I mean, apart from obviously praising your boy, what do you think went wrong Um for the, you know the Swede I think exactly what you said he doesn't have it anymore um, this fighting game is brutal and it's it's 90% mental man yeah you need to be fit you need to have skills but you could be the fittest you've ever been in your life and you obviously have the skills but if your mindset is not there you're just not going to do it I think it's a mixture of stuff because uh, as a recent you look his last two fights this fight and John Jones number John Jones two fight he looks a bit fleshy he looks a bit fleshy he hasn't he's making a weight to a fight but he looks yeah, he's a bit, got quite as toned yeah it? if you look at his fight before John Jones two which was against um Glover Teixeira he was pretty good shape and he knocked out Glover Teixeira in a most probably the best finish one of the best finishes I've ever seen in UFC beautiful four points combination three uppercuts and a, and a left hook um but yeah, and in the John Jones fight, when I saw him, he was just, there was nothing there. So it didn't, actually, yeah, for me, it's just he doesn't have it no more. I, he doesn't have um, good jiu-jitsu. He's never really had it. I mean, he's had decent jiu-jitsu, but against top guys, he never really had it. And I, I called it, I knew that, um, what's his name, Anthony Smith has good jiu-jitsu. He just doesn't use it. Um, I just thought, if it gets into a position where he's on the floor and he doesn't get up quickly, he's going to get choked up. And that's exactly what happened. He actually had a good third round, in my opinion. I gave round one to Smith, round two to Smith. But round three, I gave to Gustafsson. He boxed a bit more. He caught him with a few jabs. He caught him with a right hand as well, actually. Um, he caught him with a crunch and body kick. When he hit him with a body kick, uh, Smith kind of crunched up. And then he took him down on the floor. He didn't do anything on the floor. He just held him on the floor. But he was on the floor. So I gave the third round to Gustafsson. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe um, Smith will win this over uh, a unanimous decision. Fourth round happened. I mean, he just looked. Like, he looked like nothing when he got choked out, basically. Yeah, Anthony Smith, like you said, he's a dog. Yeah, he's uh, a dog, man. I rate him a lot, man. He's a very good fighter. Um, yeah, and the way he got this finish, um, finishing it on the ground, um, yeah, like you said, I think I was telling that Gustafsson just didn't get up um, after... After he actually initiated the takedown, yeah. and then it was kind of reversed by Smith, and then Smith ended up on top on his mm -hmm. back, landed a few decent ground and pounds. Uh, I thought the ref might even have stepped in because there just wasn't much in the way of defense. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, reached in for that rear naked choke, and it was a little tap, a little tap from um, Gustafsson, and it was all over. What was annoying as well that I think he stopped caring because it took, um, Smith a while because he did a few punches but um, Gustafsson was still his legs weren't bent he was still like uh, on his hind legs per se right um, and it was 
took Smith a while to push him down to his knees so he could like punch him more and get the choke. And I feel like that if he wanted to, you really could have just pushed a bit more and got up. I mean, he, he was in a good position not to go down. I feel like he just gave up. Yeah. Like, in that moment, he didn't want it no more. And yeah, maybe if he hung on a little bit, Smith could have slid off because at that point, you know, it's, it's, it's a hot arena, sweaty mm. fighters. Um, but yeah, like you said, his body language, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. I, I think it's, um, it's a passing of the um, kind of baton, really, to the next generation. I think, apart from John Jones, who's still fairly young, I think, um, you know, in this light heavyweight division now, we've got Daniel Cormier is going to be stepping down. I think Gustafsson pretty much admits that he's done. Um, John Jones is still around, but it's pretty much handing the baton on to the next generation or... Mm. You know, what do you think about that? I think that is a, a perfect uh, way to move on to the co-main event of this card. It's the co-main event. You just set up so well. Um, do you want to do some scores before we move on, Kez? If you want to, yeah. Yeah, drop um, some scores on this one. Smith, I give him an eight. Gustafsson, I give him a four. Wow. And the fight, um, the four might, it's a little bit harsh because he did have a good third round, but I still, I stick with the four. And the whole fight, I'll give an eight. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, so then, yeah, let's jump straight into that co-main event. Um, Jimmy Manuel. Talk about Poster Boy. I think that his is, that that's his nickname, isn't it? The Poster Boy? Yeah, I think it is. Yep. It is. Yep, the Brit, the English guy. And uh, he took on Alexander Rak- Rakic, yeah, um, Rakic from Austria by way of Serbia. And um, this one was over in 40 seconds of the first round, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Um, what went on? I don't think really much went wrong for Manoa. Well, I couldn't tell you exactly what went wrong and how he got knocked out. But it wasn't bad. I mean, they was both gauging their distance. Um, they was both, you know, they both was throwing lick kicks in the first 30 seconds. Um, and they, they both popped their jab out there, you know. And then... Rakic, he is a kick, an egg kickboxer. He just threw this beautiful combination. Then it was his, pretty much his first proper combination of the fight. Yes, beautiful. And he ends up knocking out his opponent. Mm-hmm. And to the naked eye, you think he throws his right hand down the middle, flush, hits Manuel in between the nose and the eyes, and he kind of steps back a little bit, wobbles. Then he throws a jab out there, and you, to the naked eye, you're thinking, oh, now he's throwing the jab, and then he throws a kick, and the kick hits him inside the head and knocks him out. But to the naked eye, you're thinking, oh, he's, throw, he's, throwing a, he's throwing a jab. Oh, now he's thrown his jab. He's going to kick and maybe the kick will land. No, that's not what happened. It was such a beautiful combination. So he throws his uh, straight right hand down the middle. Hits Jimmy Manoa. And you can see all of this premeditated. He didn't throw the straight right hand down the middle, throw the jab and thought, oh, let me throw the kick now. This whole thing. What, it was one move. Wasn't one it? move. It was one fluid move. Yeah. And he knew it would work. So he throws his right hand straight down the middle, catches Jimmy Manoa flush, throws his jab hand out there. His jab hand was never intended to hit Jimmy Manoa. It was just uh, intended to make Jimmy Manoa think he's going to throw a jab and to uh, put his hand in Jimmy Manoa's face so he kind of can't see what's going on. And just as he's throwing that jab, which was never going to... Uh, land because that was the whole intention just to disguise uh disguise it and confuse Jimmy Manuel which it did he's bringing his foot up like it's instantly as he, as that jab shoots from his um, arm you can see he's bringing his foot up and then just as Jimmy Manuel is looking at the jab hand and confused like oh I don't want to be hit with a jab out of nowhere his left foot comes to the side of Jimmy Manuel's head and yeah. Jimmy Manuel has no hand there defending it because he had no idea the kick was coming. His hand was down. And his hand was down because he was confused. Oh, I don't want to get hit with the jab. I just got hit with a flush right. And the jab's in his eye, eyes as well. So he can't really see. Bang, gets knocked out cold. There's something... Kick. It was a beautiful, beautiful... It was like a fluid combination. It yeah, it was beautiful. But there's something really brutal about when someone gets knocked out with a head kick. Because even if you watch it in slow motion, you think, you know, that kick looks like it would break... Um, Rakic's kind of toe or his feet or whatever because it was just you know his feet just connected with the jaw of um, Jimmy Manuel there and uh, yeah he just went sailing down and he didn't get up for like five minutes or so so yeah it's quite quite a bad one so um, yeah like you said this is the handing over of the baton um, to the next generation literally with this one because Manuel 
is 39. And all these old fighters now are got a few losing streaks. If we think of, um, you know, um, Anderson Silva, uh, <laughs> my, you know, favourite fighter from back in the day, BJ Penn. <laughs> yeah, they, they really just need to step aside now. Yeah, for sure, man. And just a quick mention for the light break division as well. So you got, yeah, Rakic looks really good. Uh, I think it's a 12. That's 12. That's the 12, 12 fight winning streak, yeah. So uh, he looks good, fast hands combination. Um, Luke Rockhold is moving up to lightweight as well. He's fighting on John, on the, on the card of John Jones' fight, next fight against um, Thiago Santos. I think Luke Rockhold is going to wreak havoc on the lightweight division. I still rate him. He's still got buckets of talent and uh, years to give. And Johnny Walker. Let's not about, forget about this guy. I think he's on a four-fight winning streak in UFC. And I think three of them are first-round knockouts. He's got crazy flying knees. Um, and he's young. I think he's 24 to 26. So he's also in the light heavyweight division. And supposedly, and I always say this, anytime we talk about light heavyweight division, we always end up bringing up John, John Jones, which I don't like, but it's just the way it is. So after John Jones fight Thiago Santos, he's going to fight Luke Rockhold, then he's going to fight Johnny Walker. Then he may move up to heavyweight. So, I mean, it's all, it's all there to play for now. John yeah. Jones, he'll fight those guys if he beats them, then, I mean, it's going to be open division. All right, then. All right. So, yeah, that's, that's that one, really. Do you, do you want to give... Uh, I don't want to hear what you want to give Manuel, to be honest. Um, but what about Rakic? How do you rate his performance? I don't know. I feel like this fight, because it... He can't, I know the combination he threw was beautiful. But maybe with someone else, that combination wouldn't have worked. Exactly. But it wasn't a real test, was it? Yeah. If your very first move knocks your opponent out, exactly. you haven't really been tested. Even though it was beautifully timed and it so fluid. So I'm going to give the fight. Um, I mean, I feel like I want to give it an 8, but it wasn't long enough. So I'll give the fight a 7. i give it a 7. I'll just give a score for the fight rather than uh, individual scores for the fights. Fair enough. All right then, so yeah, let's, um, if you're ready, we can jump onto the undercard of, um, yeah, the Madison Square Garden card. So, Anthony Joshua against Andy Ruiz, um, matchroom boxing, Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn said that he really wanted to make this uh, the whole event, not just the one fight, but the whole card, very memorable and a fight that um, people wouldn't forget. So, yeah, so... I'll leave it over to you, the undercard. Um, I think he's done his job, Mr. Fast Car Eddie Hearn. Um, it was a very good card. There was uh, two championship fights on there. One undisputed unification fight, which was a really, really good fight. So the common event was uh, Smith versus Andam. So, um, Hassan Can- Endam, that's the guy we've seen. Yeah, Hassan Endam. So Calvin Smith versus Hassan Endam. Um, Hassan Endam tried his best, he put in some good work, uh, he got knocked out in the third round. Uh, yeah, he, he did, he picked Callum Smith with a few shots, but I mean, rounds one to three, Callum Smith dominated with the jab, threw, knocked him down multiple times actually, knocked him down in the first round, I think once in the second round and twice in the in the fourth. So, um, deserved a win for Callum Smith there. Um, and he retains his uh, WBA Super World, Super Middleweight title. And more importantly, he's a Brit that won on Saturday yes, night. He's a Brit that won, and he retains his WBC Diamond Super Middleweight title as well. And it's a good first defense for him. And Dam is no no clown. So Katie Taylor and Delphine Persoon, This one could have been its own card. So you got Katie Taylor, uh, the Queen of Ireland, basically. Three uh, of the three of the four major titles uh, at lightweight, IBF, WBO, WBA. Delphine Persoon, uh, undefeated for nine years, hasn't lost in nine years, WBC lightweight champion, um, and she's been a WCB champion for five years with nine defences. So the best two in the division, they fight. Me personally, it was a robbery. Um, I gave six rounds to Persoon and four rounds to Katie Taylor. Uh, it's boxing politics again. Yeah, you could give it a draw, you could get five, round, five rounds each. In my opinion, there's no way you can give Katie Taylor six rounds. One judge scored at 95-95. The other two judges scored at 96-94 to Katie Taylor. Delphine Persoon takes all these titles back to Belgium. This is the first time she's ever fought out of Belgium after 46, 45 fights. There's no So, mo- would you say that's a bigger upset than, than the main event? No, no, I mean, Delphine Persoon didn't win. They gave it to Katie Taylor. 
So, but she won in my eyes. She won the fight. But if she wins all those titles, she takes all the titles to Belgium. This is her first fight out of Belgium, her 46 fight ever. Everyone always has to come to her. Um, and how is all these government bodies gonna make any money? Who's gonna watch her fights in Belgium? No one. Like, so that's what I feel it was. I feel that they was never gonna allow Persine, Persine to win this fight unless it was like completely a shutout. Which well, it, in politics. Which it wasn't, but there's no way you can give Kate Taylor, in my opinion. You can give it a draw. You can give it a draw and make them both retain their titles. But she did not win the fight. So I want an immediate rematch. Persune was crying and ran out the wing. She didn't ring. She didn't stay for her uh, post-fight interview, which, I mean, she won. All of the Sky Sports pundits, Johnny Nelson, Carl Froch, and Tony Bellio all said Persune won. You can give it a draw if you want to give it a draw, but you to no way you can give Kane Taylor the win. But that's boxing politics for you. All right. Then. Um, and then we had Chris, your guy, Chris Algieri. And he was one of your fighters. Mm -hmm. He knocked out Tommy Coyle, I think, in the eighth round. Tommy Coyle's uh, corner stopped it. Um, we had PBK, Pretty Boy Just Kelly, uh, versus Ray Robinson. Um, it, that was a draw. It was a draw. Um, I rave and rant about uh, Just Kelly, how he's amazing. But he just didn't throw enough. He landed the cleaner shots. He, he was a better fighter on the night, but he just didn't throw enough. So I think a draw was fair on that fight. And um, Joshua Bratzi knocks out his opponent, Antonio Marco Paraman, in the fourth round. So Joshua Bratzi continues to be uh, the hype trainer he is. So that's the undercard, guys. All right. So, yeah, that's the end of part two. And then we'll come back and talk about next week. We've got Gennady Golovkin, Triple G in action. And also some quick mentions. You've been listening to Before the Bell podcast. Tune in next week for more. Okay, we're back for part three. So, yeah, probably the biggest event next week apart from UFC 238. I'd say um, Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, is back in action after his um, defeat against Canelo Alvarez. Was, it, was that his last fight? Yes, it was. That was. So that's been that's been a while. So yeah, he's uh, facing against Steve Rolls, um, who I'll admit I know nothing about, but he's got 19 victories, zero defeats, and um, that's happening at Madison Square Garden. So yeah, Golovkin's back in action. What's your take on this? Um, my take on it is this is supposed to be, you know, one of those comeback fights that should be easy. Um, I hope it is for Golovkin. Um, Steve Rose, he's got 10 KOs, so I mean, carries some power, most likely. Um, he supposedly was training at the Crunk Gym uh, with Emmanuel Stewart at some points in his career. Um, and if anyone knows Emmanuel Stewart, you know, Lennox Lewis, I think he trained Bernard Hopkins at one point. Um, he trained a, a, some good fighters, and he's a legend of uh, the sport. So let's hope Steve Rose comes to this fight with some acumen. Uh, Apart from that, I don't know much about Steve Rose. I think this is more about Gennady Golovkin and what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, he's now being trained by, I can't remember his he's name. He's changed, uh, yeah, head, head coach, isn't he? He's being trained by um, uh, Klitschko's ex-trainer. Uh, and uh, if you know about boxing, it's uh, Celia Breakhouse. Uh, he, he trains her as well. She's probably the best woman boxer right now. So he's a very good trainer. Um, and he's training Gennady Golovkin. And they, they keep talking about... Um, he, he's going to be more patient. He's not going to. He's still going to cut off the ring, but he's going to be more smart. So we're going to see if Gennady Golovkin still has the hunger. He's 38. We're going to see if Gennady Golovkin can box a bit more and not only cut off the ring and knock people out. So we'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully, Steve Rose picks up a good fight. Um, but we'll see, yeah, I'm not even going to call whether it's going to be a knockout or anything. I'll go for a Gennady Golovkin win. I just want to see. I just want to see that Golovkin still got the hunger. Yeah, I think the worst thing that could happen in this fight is for it to go 12 rounds decision. I think that would be people will just go Ugh, and just kind of, you know, move on really. I think uh, something newsworthy has to happen in this fight just to announce that Triple G is still around and he's still game. So hopefully he gets a, a statement win against Steve Rolls. And then talking about other guys, blast from the past, Zab Judah is in action. Good old Zab Judah. I mean, I was saying earlier, I feel like he's the Anderson Silver of boxing. He just doesn't want to stop fighting. Um, he's fighting a guy, Claytus Selding. I don't know much about this dude. 
but the guy is 23 fights, one loss, and yeah, so 23 fights and one loss. Sab Juju is legend. Um, I mean, let's let's hope he gets a win and retires. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see him continuing to fight. He doesn't need to. Um, but I mean, this guy's got 23 wins and one loss, so maybe he he's young and hungry and might knock Sab Juju out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So then, yeah, UFC, UFC 238. Um, the main event is at flyweight with um, the guy that beat the greatest of all time. Henry Cejudo. Yep. Versus Marlon Marias. Yep. For the vacant uh, bantamweight title. And we all know Oh, why. is it at bantamweight? Yes, he's oh. moved up. Okay. So he's keep, keeping his flyweight title uh, moving up. Um, so we all know why it's vacant. vacant. I'm not going to go into that, uh, you know. Um, so they're fighting for Would that. it be a guy called TJ Dillashaw, by any chance? Yeah, I think that's his name. Yeah, some some dude that used to fight in MMA. Um, I wonder what happened there. Don't know. Is it a long story? Who knows? Do you not want to get into it? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. So yeah, that that that's the main event. But we are interested in um, the co-main event. I think it's co-main. Um, Tony Ferguson against Cowboy Cerrone. Um, Ferguson should really be fighting for the title. So what's he doing fighting Cerrone? So basically. This is, it's almost a favour to Cerrone and uh, they persuaded uh, Ferguson. So obviously, I think we mentioned maybe two or three episodes ago, he had some mental health issues. His wife, this is Tony Ferguson, his wife put out a restraining order on him. Supposedly they're all good now. Um, so he has some issues going on. So he was supposed to fight, um, who fought? he was supposed to fight um, Poirier for the interim title. But he said, no, I'm, I'm bigger than the interim title, blah, blah, blah. But at that time as well, he had those mental issues going on. So they gave it to um, Max Holloway. So he had a meeting maybe a few weeks later with um, Dana White. And they, you know, they hashed things out. So also Cerrone's done a lot for the for UFC, right? Winning this file, he's done a lot. So they're like, hey, Cerrone, we know you fought five weeks ago. Um, but can you find this undercard? Because we want to pump up the undercard. And if you beat Ferguson, we guarantee you... Uh, the next, title the next title shot uh, against the winner of Poirier Khabib. You know, Cowboy freaking fights all the time. He's a game fighter. Five weeks ago, he just beat up Al Quinta. Now he's fighting yeah. um, Tony Ferguson. And Tony that man stays ready. And Tony Ferguson says, well, you know what? I'll, I'll prove to you guys that I'm still the guy. I'll beat um, Cerrone and um, I'll uh, fight the winner of Poirier uh, Khabib. So, yeah. So it's more of, more of a fate. Cerrone's doing more of a favor and with Ferguson, they just persuaded Ferguson to do it. You know, he is a fighter after all. Yeah. Um, I got Ferguson. I think it's going to be a tough fight. Cerrone looks really good since him having the birth of his son. Free fight win streak, beating people up. But he did fight five weeks ago. I mean, is that long enough to recover? I mean, Cerrone fought eight times in 14 months and won those eight fights. So if anyone can do it, it's going to be him. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a tough fight back and forth. But... Um, I don't think he's going to... I'll give Tony Ferguson the human, unanimous decision win in a hard 4-5, fight, I think. All right. Um, other other fights on that card, one of my favourites, Ty Tuivasa, the New Zealander or Australian, the Down Underer um, guy. Yeah, he's fighting as well. And Karolina Kovalkiewicz, I think is how you say her name. Probably not. She's also fighting as well. So, yeah, have you got any thoughts on the rest of the card? Um, Karolina Kovakiewicz. There we go, finally. Um, I'm not even going to say much about her fight. I'm just going to say that I think she's hot. I think she's a pretty hot Polish woman. Um, I hope she wins. I'm a fan of hers. Um, and we've missed, like, before Tony Ferguson and Donald Cerrone got added to the card, the co-main event was another title fight. She's also one of my favourite fighters. Um, not because of her looks, but because uh, she's just a dog, man. Valentina Shevchenko, she is an absolute dog. She's fighting Jessica I, and she's defending her title. Um, I'm trying to remember what title is. I think it's flyweight, fly, flyweight title. So that is that was the co-main event until they added Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone. This card is actually really stacked. So as we mentioned, we got Henry Cejudo fighting Marlon Moraes for bantamweight title. Tony Ferguson versus Donald Cerrone. Valentina Shevchenko defending her, defending her title. You also got Jimmy Riviera on the, on the card. And uh, again, he was undefeated for maybe like eight years until he lost to Marlon Moraes. So he's a very good fighter. Taito Avasa, as you mentioned, 
Tatiana Suarez, I really want to talk about her. Um, she's undefeated in UFC. She's 8-0 and in MMA. And she's a beast, man. I think she's going to beat everyone. She, I think she's going to beat... Um, uh, who is the Brazilian who just uh, beat Rose? Nunes? Uh, not Nunes. No. Um, Andrade. I think she'll Jessica beat Jessica Andrade. I think she'll beat Jessica Andrade. I think she'll beat your Rose, Nami Nunes. I think she'll beat everyone eventually. And Aljamain Sterling is another very good fighter um, who's in Bantamweight and probably going to get a title shot soon. So this card is really stacked. So all my UFC and MMA fans out there, I mean, have a look at it. It's a, it's a good stacked card, man. Good stacked card. UFC 238. Okay, then. Um, let's move on to quick mentions then. Uh, I wanted to start with Yoel Romero, the soldier of God. Uh, looks like God has taken a shining to him because he's been awarded £27 million. Pounds, uh, dollars. I'm sorry. Um, for, he, he got banned a few years ago for a tainted um, supplement. And he proved that a supplement was tainted with USADA. And um, once they confirmed it, he launched uh, a lawsuit against the company, the supplement company. And yeah, somehow... 27 million dollars i mean do you do, do you think he's even going to see a penny of that i mean the, this is not a huge company how are they going to afford to pay him that much money i'm not sure um how it's working i did hear some rumors that he's going to get five million dollars at a time over a period of time um but the five million dollars the first uh first five million dollars he gets is uh, pretty much as of right now or pretty soon i don't know if that's true i just saw it on a random website um but I, I'm just happy for Yo Romero, man. He, he, he's a G. He fights. He has good fights. He beats people up. He's 42. I mean, yeah, I'm just he's happy for some him. Wars. Yeah, man. I, I hope he gets every penny of that $27 million. He probably never has to fight again. Yeah. And I feel like he shouldn't because at 42, is your hunger really still there to fight? If you've got $27 million coming to you. you yeah. Know? That's right. That's right. But yeah. Um, well done, Yo Romero. Yeah, round of applause to Yomura. All right then. Any other quick mentions? Yeah, just uh, just uh, two quick mentions. Uh, Joseph Parker. Uh, we've actually mentioned his name already a few times because you know he's always linked to the top heavyweights. He has now signed with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. So I mean, maybe there's a rematch with Joshua or Dillian White on the cards or any other heavyweights in the Matchroom stable. So uh, they had actually had a press conference this week as well to talk about that. So that's kind of a big thing. So Eddie Hearn is just on a global domination um, thing right now. He's he's pretty much everywhere and um, making a lot of moves with with matchroom boxing. So yeah, Mr. Mr. Fast Car Eddie, uh, his his car's broken down right now after after last night, after the terrible uh, beating and if he just got got given. Yeah, he's probably thinking his cash cow um, might be coming to an end um, with Anthony Joshua. So and just one last thing, uh, Oscar Valdez. He's mm -hmm. defending his WBO uh, featherweight title uh, against uh, a defeated fighter, um, which should, should be a good fight, but Oscar Fowler should win, and he's headlining that card. Um, I think this will be his sixth title defense. So he, he's in he's in uh, amongst Gary Russell's and um, Josh Warrington's uh, of the world. So, I mean, yeah, he's the top guy on the field, got a title. So um, another fight to watch out next week. All right. Well, that's been a packed show. And um, I'm still trying to recover from the shock of Anthony Joshua losing his um, heavyweight crown to Andy Ruiz Jr. So, yeah, do, do you have any parting words? Um, as always, guys, you know what's coming. Like, comment, share, subscribe and support the movement. All right. We'll see you next week.